Welcome to another week of the Unapologetic Hour. We are so excited and grateful for you all who listen every week, who share, who comment, who give us feedback on how you how much you're enjoying our shows. So we just wanted to take a couple of minutes in the beginning of this hour just to say thank you. Yeah, to all the supporters, we really appreciate all the love that we've been receiving over the past uh, few months that we've been doing this. Yeah, yeah, and it has been quite a few months. Pretty soon it'll be a year. Time's going by so fast. Yeah. So fast. Wow. So we have um, had a good lineup, actually, leading up to this point. And um, we look forward to bringing you guys some more information, guests um, that's going to offer um, conversation or information services that really are going to helpful, be helpful for the community out there. So continue to listen to us. Continue to subscribe to our podcast, The Unapologetic Hour and continue to follow us yeah and if there's topics that you guys want to uh want to hear discuss drop us a comment inbox us text us let us know uh yeah anything that you guys are wanting to hear on our uh radio station absolutely absolutely so what are we getting into today today you know i thought that you know we we have a lot of special guests on we have a lot of great topics uh, but one thing I want to do is shout out my wife for creating this grief journal. So I thought it would be a great time to talk about the grief journal. Uh, and him, we have hope. And so let's just talk about like what inspires you to to write this. I guess that's a good place to start. Yeah, that's a good place to start. Um, what inspired me to really kind of go after this particular project um, really was just God inspired. You know, so many people, including myself have had so many losses within the last 24 months even. And um, just with the understanding that grief is not limited to death, um, people experience grief off of any loss um, or any potential loss or a dream that they lost. I mean, literally it's when you've experienced extreme sadness or sadness from a loss, you know, once you start putting two and two together, you start to realize that, man, so many people really are experiencing this, but they may not know. They may not be aware. They may not know what it's called. They may not know how to, you know, identify what mm -hmm. they're feeling or experiencing. And so I was just inspired to put something together, not only for myself, but something that could be a useful tool to anybody that's out there. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody, I think it's safe to say that everybody's have experienced grief. Yeah, literally. And a lot of people are still grieving. Mm -hmm. So uh whether you're still grieving or have gone through grief or know somebody goes through grief they're actively going through uh the grieving process this will be a great journal for them to have how long did it take you to about i mean how long did it take for you to put this whole journal together on average um it took a couple of weeks actually it was a really difficult project to get through for some reason um the last journal i put out was like two days and it was out this journal took like two months or something or a couple of months at that several months um i don't know what the struggle was but i just couldn't get to it and then once i got to it i couldn't finish it and then once i finished it i couldn't get it on amazon and and get it published and get it out there it was just such a struggle and it could be that you know the enemy presented some challenges um to prevent people from mm. being able to realize that there's a resource out there, you know, to help and to help people get free in certain aspects of their life. Um, because again, this journal doesn't uh, focus on 
someone who's grieving as a result of losing a loved one, like a death of a loved one. This journal is here to kind of help inspire a person to uh, look inside themselves and answer some questions. It's a guided grief journal. And so you're able to just answer some questions, um, do some self-development, some self-realization, uh, some journaling time, some prayer time, whatever it is that you need. And so I think the, 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 the struggle was just the warfare that was being experienced from conception to actually putting it out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was the biggest struggle with the delay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, and I think that speaks to how important and how powerful this guy, this journal is, is that the warfare that comes against it to prevent it is only because it means it's going to signify a really, cha- a, a really huge change in the world. I mean, when we look at culture-wise and look at religion, mm-hmm. Christianity, I, I don't think we cover grief well. I mean, I think we we can praise them with the best. We can worship with the best of them. We have the church isms down. But when it comes to certain topics mm-hmm. uh, in our culture and in church, I think grief is one of the ones that we don't really spend time with. It's still so many unanswered questions, how to how to deal with it. I'm going to go on a limb that sometimes you need more than just prayer. Like, you mm-hmm. know, going through the grief process, you need definitely need more than just, just prayer. So... Uh, I'm excited that, I mean, you really um, pushed this out. Yeah, you definitely need more than prayer. And I definitely believe that, you know, ministries and things like that really don't spend time enough, enough time. Um, some people come in, come with experience of, you know, you, you just got to get over it and you just got to move on with your life. And that's very difficult to do. It's easy to say, but it's very difficult to do. And so if someone's left with just get over it and move on with your life and no tools on how to do that, it becomes a struggle. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're behaving a certain way. You're making decisions a certain way. You're um, maybe being physically impacted because maybe now just because of the, 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 um, the backup of emotions that's going on that you're not dealing with maybe have now high blood pressure because of anxiety and because of other things that are as a result of not being properly equipped to deal with some of these psychological things that we are facing regularly. Because again, you know, grief doesn't only happen when somebody dies. It can happen if you get into a car accident. It could happen if you go to war. Um, A lot of people don't realize, like parents, especially when their children go off to the military or go off to college. There's a, a level of grief that they're experiencing. Sure, a lot of them are happy that the kids are out the house, but at the same time, at some moment, sometimes they stop and think, like, what am I gonna do now? Right. You know, I, I feel a sense of emptiness now. And, you know, that's when you can start to kind of identify some of these things with a word. And that word could be grief for right. that time. Right. And I think uh, how we can go about bringing grief to the for- forefront is really changing the connotation of the word grief. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times when people hear grief, it has a bad connotation, like depression or mm-hmm. anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times people don't want to deal with it. But grief doesn't have to be a bad word. It could right. really just, you're just really naming the process of which you're going through. And actually going through the grieving process is very, in my opinion, not a doctor, none of that, but in my opinion, uh, it's very beneficial. 
Yeah, and it's really tough. It's really a challenge to actually, first of all, to even come to the point of identifying what it is that you're feeling. Um, but once you identify it and you figure out a way that's a healthy strategy for overcoming what you're feeling and what you've been limiting yourself to, or how you have been impacting others, because a lot of times, you know, people could be actually grieving something and now they're not social anymore. So they're not interacting with others or they're cutting people off or they're doing all kinds of things, making all kinds of decisions based off of this particular thing that the outside world really didn't have anything to do with, you know? And so sometimes it's just, you know, the fact of identifying it, but then the challenge of what do I do next? How do I get this off me? Everybody's not going to go to therapy. Everybody's not going to go seek counseling. Um, you know, we we know those kind of things, which is great because that's why there's so many different avenues out there. But when you get into a position when you're ready and um, you're ready to re just receive some help at another level, there's lots of tools available. And I believe that this one is is a good tool to be used to um, to help pull some things out of our mind. You know, because right. our thoughts can be overwhelming at times. It can be extremely overwhelming. So why not have a tool where we can kind of get it out our head and get it somewhere else that's outside of us. So it's no longer uh, impacting us in the way that it was. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think one way to uh, kind of like get people to change their perspective about grief is understanding that grief is found throughout the whole Bible. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, I imagine Jacob when he gets the news that Joseph was killed and the, the brothers brought in a dirty, bloody coat of many colors mm -hmm. and Jacob thought his son was dead, that he, the Bible says he cried out. He was going mm -hmm. through a grieving process. Now we know, reading the whole story, that he wasn't actually dead, but Jacob didn't know that. Yeah, he didn't know. Nor did God come down to him and say, hey, your son ain't really dead. Mm -hmm. And so he's grieving Joseph, but then Joseph is alive, but now his whole world has changed. And though nobody died, he's now taken from his home, his brothers, his father. And now he's grieving, mm -hmm. not knowing if he'll ever see his family again, not knowing if they were alive. It was over almost 20 over some years mm -hmm. where they were, before they got reunited. Like I can't yeah. imagine those 20 years being, going through the process of that, you know, mm -hmm. um, or even like Mary raising Jesus and her being at the cross and literally watching him die before her eyes like mm -hmm. the grieving process is there or maybe it's samson who lost his anointing and lost the ability to do the things that he once was able to do mm -hmm. he lost that opportunity you know there's a grieving process so if we look at the stories throughout the whole bible i think we can say we're in good company to know that uh back then in the bible god helped them get through their grief and god would be there to help us get through our grief as well yeah and back then you know of course, they, it was a different culture. It was a different time. Um, the means of access to different information and stuff was different. And nowadays, we have so many resources out there that, you know, if somebody decides to hold on to certain things or to struggle with certain things once they are able to identify what it is, you know, that's a choice that's been made that, you know, otherwise could actually, there. there's some help out there for, you know. And so um, I think it's important to stress that like you've given all these examples, like grief is not limited to one situation or one experience over the other. You can grieve from multiple different things. You know, in the last two years, we have had tremendous loss of jobs, even people that walked away from their jobs that didn't necessarily lose their job. Um, they voluntarily just walked away. 
there's a grieving experience sometimes because now what are you going to do? You know, you had something that was consistent pay every two weeks, consistent hours. You kind of knew and could expect certain things on the other end, but now you've had this major life change. And what do I do now? Now I don't know where I, what, where I fit, what I should do, where I should go. People that are retiring, a lot of times they've invested 35, 40 years at a place. Now they're at the point of retirement, which is an exciting time, but oftentimes there's an experience of grief even with that because they're no longer at that place. And it's like, I don't know how to really live outside of going to work every day. So now I don't have that kind of social interaction. What am I going to do now? I got to make sure these payments is coming in because I still got bills to pay. You know, there's other worries and things beyond that. You know, maybe the, maybe you had hopes and dreams that your life would turn out a certain way or that a certain experience would go a certain way. And it didn't. You're, you're grieving the hope for the hope that, you know. And so I think that's why God really inspired this book to uh, be titled In Him We Have Hope. Um, to let folks know that through Christ, like he's our anchor and we have hope in him. Right. Hebrews tells us that we can have our hope is in Christ and not in anything else. And so when we get to the point of being sad, not depressed, because grieving and depression are two completely different things. But grieving, if it's not addressed soon enough, it can cause a person to tap into depression. And once you get into depression, you know, there's a bunch of other things that could happen. But, um, you know, having that hope, being able to hold on to something and still cognitively make the decision that I'm going to actually move forward. I'm going to take this loss and I'm going to overcome in the best way that I know how and I'm going to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I think there's no real uh, timetable of grief either. Like, I don't think it's like a week, like a seven day or a five step thing. No. Uh, it's probably a process. Yeah, it's definitely a process because, I mean, you figure most times people don't even know that they've experienced grief, you know. Um, and so you may have had an experience 17 years ago and you're just now realizing that actually I'm still grieving that. You may have had an argument with somebody and realized like, OK, wow, like why did I get so upset? Because I'm actually still grieving something else. And this triggered me to respond in this way. But it's originally from whatever happened 17 years ago. So you know, grief is a personal experience. It's not like a blanket experience. Everybody's going to experience it the same way. So it's important to know that how you handle your grief is going to be different than how the next person handles theirs. And each person is, uh, experience is going to be unique to them. That means that the time that it takes for them to be able to overcome certain aspects of their feelings of grief is going to look different. You know, for some people, it may be quick. It may be, you know what? I just had to get over it. So I just kept myself busy. For other people, it may not be that. And so, you know, I, I get sad sometimes for people that get told that when they've had major loss and then they get told, oh, you should just just keep on working, keep on doing, just stay busy because you'll be able to just get over it and not think about it. In reality, doing that causes more harm than good, right. you know? And so the person ends up suffering silently. And then that can lead to all kinds of other issues. So you have to process it at your time. Yeah. You know, it always amazed me that, you know, in the church, they prepare you for like marriage. They have premarital counseling and all this stuff. Um, it seems like they have a lot of workshops on leadership and this is that. But I think also we have to pay attention to stuff of recovering, mm -hmm. um, of recovery, you know, whatever that might look like. 
um, and really teach people and give people the tools how to navigate through when you experience a loss of any sort in your, you have, we have to pay just as much attention to that as we do everything else, because if we're not prepared for it or we don't have the tools, when we experience it, it can really hold us down for a very, very long time mm-hmm. because we don't have the adequate resources or the tools to really, um, really navigate through that loss. I mean, cause it's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, it it's, is. It's going to happen. Yeah. And two people can experience the same thing, but it doesn't mean that it affects them the same kind of way. That's right. And so sometimes we look at other people and be like, well, I should be for, further along because that person is, but pain is unique to each person. Mm-hmm. Two people can experience the same, same cause of pain, but they will internalize it or feel it a different type of way. Yeah. And so this is why we have to harp on having the right tools. So that way we can uh, respond accordingly and begin to continue to build and rebuild our lives. Mm-hmm. And it's important to really start with the children because kids are experiencing grief just as much as adults are. The difference is that the way adults handle it is very different than the way a child would handle it. You know, children, you could see different ac- actions or behaviors coming from them where they're just lashing out or they're acting bad. Uh, they're doing things out of the ordinary, you know, little to- little ones. They'll they'll just, you know, maybe use the bathroom in a really terrible place, you know, or something like that. But just as much as a uh, experience could impact an adult, they impact children as well. Children just don't really have they're not equipped enough to know what it is and what it looks like and how to, you know, have behaviors and responses that that kind of like help them be better and help them process through it. And so with adults, we have access to that information. We have a little more understanding about the information, but sometimes our responses are the same as children. Sometimes we act out. Sometimes we don't respond the best. Sometimes our behaviors aren't, you know, positive behaviors or anything like that, but it's all a result of that emotion that they're feeling, you know, from the original loss. You know, some losses are are what I would consider a great loss to me may not be a great loss to somebody. It may be small to somebody else because, you know, that's that's how they view it. That's maybe they've had an experience and they, like you said, they didn't handle it um, the way that I would handle it or the way that I would process it. But, you know, we have to be open to the fact that we have to be patient enough with in certain situations as much as we can as humans, you know, be patient enough to um to just recognize that and know like, okay, this person may be carrying around a little bit of grief, you know, or they may be experiencing certain emotions that are causing them to behave in a certain way. It's not saying that you have to accept their behaviors because sometimes it can be toxic or things like that. But at least there's a level, even if it's an entry level, there's a level of understanding there that we can at least use that as a start to the point of, you know, recovery, because at some point, you know, the goal is if we're going to have hope in Christ, then we can hope that we can have hope in the fact that there's a recovery on the other side of that and we can bounce back stronger. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think it's ever meant for us to stay in the loss, Mm -hmm. but to learn and grow and heal and recover and ultimately go forward. Just like if I don't think that you, a person ever gets over certain things you just learn how to manage it and deal with it as you grow mm-hmm. to where it's not it's not controlling you yeah and you're yeah. not uh being controlled by it but you're able to identify it say hey yeah this has happened 
this is how I've grown, mm-hmm. grown from it. And we teach and show others how we how we've gotten through it. That's why I think support groups, peer groups, oh, all yeah. those type of things are great because you get to hear how other people have um, gone through a similar situation and what, what it took for them to, and you just take um, bits and pieces from people and you see what works for, for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it is important to have a circle of support. You know, I know sometimes the easiest thing to do when a person is experiencing grief or any other kind of like emotions like that, the first and easiest thing to do is to just go isolate yourself and not want to be bothered, not want to talk to anybody, not want to deal with people, want to hold all these things inside. But the best thing that a person can do is actually have a positive circle around them so that even if you're not necessarily having a full conversation and engaging in a whole therapy session or an unintended therapy session with friends or family, at least you know at the end of the day, the support is there. And and that itself is a huge factor in recovery. Um, just knowing you have a place to go that's a safe place. And that's a place of no judgment. You know, that's that's not going to be a place where people tell you to, they try to rush you through, you know, but a place that is safe. They let you take your time. You know, if you want to talk about it, cool. If you don't, it's all good. Just know that I'm here, that right. kind of thing. You know, it, it's really important. It's really important, especially now more than ever, because like I said, these last two years, you had COVID, you had all this, you know, racial discrimination and racial tension. You have all these companies coming out saying, yeah, we did discriminate against these different groups, right. like being open about it. Right. You have people losing jobs. You have prices of everything going up. Man, like gas is expensive, expensive, expensive. Yeah. Yeah, and you still have people, you know, losing their lives. We don't hear much about COVID as it was, but you still have people losing their lives from just day-to-day things. Yeah. You still have loss from maybe somebody got in a car accident and maybe they lost a limb. You know, there's wars going on. There's so much still happening today that, you know, the last two years seemed like everything was so overwhelming because of COVID, you know, that kind of just really just shook up things. But even without COVID, everybody's life day to day, you're going to experience something. Like you said, I mean, it's inevitable. Yeah. I mean, I think what COVID did was really slow down everything because before COVID people was dying from different things Mm -hmm. and we just keep on going. Mm -hmm. We just keep on going or we might have a death in the family. We have a good funeral. We just, in our mind, we keep on going, Mm -hmm. but our inside, but when COVID happened and we're forced to be inside the house and then we turn on the TV yeah. and we see millions of people are dying. Millions. We see racial discrimination happening on a big platform. Mm-hmm. We see all this stuff that we can just, before then, get in our car, go to work and ignore these things. Mm-hmm. It forced us to really deal with it face to face. And now that we're going back, we have to be cognizant that we're just not going past and returning how it was before COVID. I mean, there's a war happening. Yeah. They're they're bombing hospitals and stuff like that. And so we have to begin to really identify what's really going on. So that way we can safeguard our heart, know what we know what it is that we need to do to make sure that our mental health is where it needs to be. Um, And that way we won't get caught again or the grief or the loss won't sneak up on us in, in, in an opportune time. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, nobody was really prepared for COVID, literally, you know, it just happened and it happened in a very big way. It literally just shut down the entire world and so much was happening during that shutdown. And so if you were already in an environment that was, you know, hard to deal with, or you were already struggling with your mental health, 
or you already had a physical situation going on, maybe you were had a sickness or something like that, or maybe you had already been experiencing great loss of some sort. And then here comes this situation where now you have to isolate, right? Because you got to stay in the house with whoever's in there. You can't go outside. You could barely, I mean, people are taking field trips to Walmart and excited about it, you know, at that time, because it was like, I just got to get out the house. But even in that going out, there's like a paranoia now because everywhere you turn around, you're looking at people to make sure they mask is right and make sure they ain't sneezing and coughing in the open. I mean, it's just a hot mess. And so all of that stuff deals with your psyche, which then if you don't take care of it, it impacts you physically. Yeah. You know, it, it really does. It impacts you physically. And then you have people with high blood pressure that didn't have high b- blood pressure before. You have people with heart disease that didn't have it before. You have people coming up with diabetes that didn't have it before. You know, and some of that stuff is just because of the psychological things that we've allowed to kind of overtake us and overpower us. Um, and without the awareness of what some of these things could be, then we'd really be lost. Yeah. And so I, I'm really grateful that there are so many resources out there just to bring things to the forefront. And whether you accept what it is or not, the moment that you do accept, like, oh, my gosh, the light bulb went on and this is exactly where I'm at and what I'm experiencing. Now, you know, moving forward, this is how I need to move. And maybe you'll be open at that time to receiving some sort of help. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it takes courage to really uh, admit that and then go actually go out there and get it, you know? Absolutely. And and, and don't be ashamed of that, you know? we mm-hmm. If things are available, go for it, you know, and, and really put put it to use. So that way, uh, ultimately, you just want to get back to a place where you can continue to win in life. You can continue to get back to some kind of normalcy and really get back to you. And so we have to take advantage of the resources that are really, really out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we are going to take a break and we will be right back, y'all. 